Welcome to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant, where we discover our personal definition of wealth through conversations with talented and successful women who are living their version of a wealthy and meaningful life. Teresa Leftenant is owner of Reinventing Her Money, a boutique financial planning and wealth management company located on Seattle's east side. Teresa is a licensed financial advisor and certified financial planner professional. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA, SIPC. CFP and Certified Financial Planner, the Certified Financial Board of Standards Incorporated, owns these certification marks in the U.S., which it awards to individuals who successfully complete CFP Board's initial and ongoing certification requirements. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for an individual. We suggest that you discuss your specific situation with a qualified professional. Our guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by LPL Financial, Teresa Leftenant, or Reinventing Her Money. Hey, welcome to episode 36 of A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant, where we support women to create their own version of a wealthy life. I've been a certified financial planner and wealth advisor for over 30 years, and professional women hire me to gain the right knowledge and confidence so they can build the financial resources they need to pursue their passions, explore who they are, express their inner talents, and live their personal dreams. So join us every week to hear my expert guests and I explore seven aspects of living a wealthy life, including our finances, physical health and wellness, professional and career, mental and emotional wellness, recreation and fun, relationships and contribution and legacy. And I share about the inner power qualities that women can develop and the latest thoughts on building wealth and financial fitness. Today, our episode is part of our relationship series. Now, in this show, we share information to help women pursue their wealthy life, but also overcome challenges so they can pursue that life that allows for more joy, more money, and more fun. Today, we're going to talk about a life transition that many women face during their lifetime. According to the American Psychological Association, more than 50% of women go through at least one divorce. Now, I've personally had a bit of experience with divorce, having been through it three times. Yes, my wonderful husband, Gordon, is my fourth and hopefully my last husband. <laughs> I talk about my divorces openly because I don't feel any shame or self-recrimination because I wouldn't be in the rich, intimate and rewarding relationship that I get to have now if not for the lessons learned from my earlier marriages. Helping women navigate the financial cha changes of divorce is one of my specialties. Talking about money, can be difficult for any couple. And both people can suffer emotional and financial stress before, during, and after the divorce process. For most people, the emotional aspects of divorce feel most difficult to deal with upfront. Fidelity conducted a study called Divorce and Money in January of 2020, and it revealed that 56% of respondents identified the emotional aspects as, quote, very stressful, unquote, at the beginning, versus 43% who said that the same about the financial aspects. However, once the divorce decree is signed, the game changes, 
and financial stress becomes greater and longer lasting, with more than one third of respondents, 35%, saying five years post-divorce, they had yet to fully financially recover. And it's my goal to help women change that statistic. Is it possible to recover and actually be in better shape, both financially and emotionally after a divorce? Well, I say yes, but how you manage the process, your emotions and your money will determine whether that's true or not. Now, my guests and I are going to dig deep into the emotional aspects of divorce and how to navigate the strong feelings. Should you either be thinking about having a divorce, maybe already in the process, or have come through the other side? Here's a quote I like. It's sad, something coming to an end. It cracks you open. In a way, cracks you open to feeling. When you try to avoid the pain, it creates greater pain, unquote. And that's Jennifer Aniston's told Vanity Fair in 2006 after her separation from Brad Pitt. But before I introduce my lovely guest, let me give you some ideas about how to reduce the financial stress of divorce. Women report that financial stress can exceed emotional stress right after a divorce is final. That may be because many women report their income falling after divorce, while men report their income increasing. The Fidelity Divorce and Money Study also reveals that when it comes to money matters, the key to a successful divorce is identical to that of a successful marriage, mutual engagement. During marriage, it's important that both parties are involved in all aspects of the family finances. And during a divorce process, it can benefit both partners to do their research, formulate a strategy, and stay involved at all points. Those who do so tend to take less time rebounding financially. Now, many women are often accused of being, quote, financial bystanders in some aspects of money management. And that study suggests that 83% of men and 85% of women are involved in the day-to-day -day finances during their marriage. However, it's a different story when it comes to long-term retirement investing. And for this aspect, while 82% of men report being involved, only 60% of women say the same. During the divorce process, if you try to, quote, wing it, the complexity of dividing property, bank and brokerage accounts may increase the emotional and financial stress. In fact, the Fidelity study reports that 75% of respondents said they simply figured things out as they went along instead of using resources to help them map out a plan that benefits both people. Also, 66% said they had a hard time asking for help or support, especially older couples who've been married for a long time, even though their situation was often more complex. This report states that 65% of men and 79% of women say they would have found a roadmap to get through the divorce valuable. It's easy to see why, because the survey suggests the upside of moving forward with a plan, because a plan tends to provide more positive financial outcomes and fewer surprises. So an important key to success is to stay as level-headed and realistic as possible throughout the process. 
A trusted financial advisor can really help make that possible. So here's a few tips the report offers. Number one, take an assessment of your full financial picture before the divorce process begins. Number two, avoid making hasty decisions simply to get the divorce over with. Number three, try to keep your emotions out of the financial discussions. That may mean delaying a decision until you feel more calm and confident. And number four, have a financial plan for moving forward after the divorce is over. So on the website, letsmakeaplan.org, the CFP organization suggests it pays to focus on just a handful of items that can have a big impact on stress levels during the experience. And these, I'm going to just mention briefly, but this is the kind of uh, area that we talk to with our clients when they are unfortunately going through this transition. So you want to make sure your cash flow has enough liquidity to cover all the bills during the process. You want to make sure you decide who pays the insurance for the cars, the homes, and medical insurance. Who's going to pay for extras such as coaching, therapy, tutoring, and college for children? And if you have unpredictable compensation, you want to make sure you have a plan for those extra bonuses, or maybe if you have self-employment income that doesn't come through uh, regularly. And taxes are an important element to consider. Make sure you decide who's going to pay for what tax benefits. And then you'll want to ultimately have a new estate plan. You'll need to work with a new estate planning attorney and have a new will, powers of attorney, and make sure your beneficiary designations are in place. Okay, so we know that divorce is definitely not easy and it can take time to negotiate the financial settlement. So get your own financial advisor, ladies, to be on your side and help you design a step-by-step -step plan to reach the destination you want in good financial shape. If you wanna explore how to create a personal financial blueprint, especially if you're considering divorce, just reach out to me at reinventinghermoney.com to schedule a free discovery session. So now let's introduce our guest. Nancy Miller is a life coach and sensei, a motivational speaker, best-selling author of two books. One, Healing the Child Within, Life is All About Choices, and the second, Divorce, Because Letting Go Does Not Mean Giving Up. Nancy started her work empowering women in 1998 when she started WAVE, Women Against Violent Encounters, teaching self-defense classes to women. Her work with women gradually transitioned to the work she does today to increase and enhance the lives of women around the world. Her clients often refer to her as their sensei, a title from her days as a student, competitor, and teacher in the martial arts. Now, Nancy is sharing the mindset work of martial arts while teaching women how to recognize and eliminate the imposter syndrome. When people are ready to let go of their negative mind chatter, Nancy teaches them how to how they can master their beliefs to recognize and eliminate the imposter syndrome as they level up in all areas of their life. Can't tell you how happy I am to have you on the show, Nancy. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Teresa. I so appreciate you, what you're doing to empower women and for giving me a platform to share my message. 
Awesome. Well, we're going to talk about the emotional toll that divorce can take on women. But before we begin, just help us get to know you a little bit. Tell us about your practice and how your business focuses on the area of divorce. Well, my platform, Mastering Your Beliefs, I believe that everything is based on your beliefs for, oh gosh, over 25 plus years. I mean, it, it's been very, um, very blatant that everything is about our beliefs. If you believe that you can do something, you'll always find a way. If you believe that you can't do something, you'll always find a way to block yourself. So when I was going through my divorce after being married for 32 years, you know, I thought I had all the answers. I'm like, I've been doing this work with people and working with clients. I should be able to get through this, right? No problems at all. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, it didn't work out that way because, you know, we, we always think that we're prepared or that we know what we're going to do. But I, I truly was not prepared for my husband asking me for a divorce. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it came from left field. Now that doesn't mean that I didn't know there were challenges in the marriage, but after 32 years, you know, you, you kind of have things going on a, on a pattern, a cycle, a habit. But the thing is, is when that divorce begins to dissolve or when that divorce begin, when that marriage begins to dissolve, now you can start to see maybe the things that you didn't look at the yellow mm -hmm. lights, the red lights, mm -hmm. um, and even the green lights, because because the green lights could be go this way, not this way. The yellow lights, you know, warning lights, the red lights. Um, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to go that way? Are you sure you want to stay in this holding pattern? So at the beginning, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of blame. And I'm not even talking about me blaming another person. I'm talking about me blaming me. Why didn't I do this? I should have done this. I should have zig left when I, instead of zigging right or left, you know, it's going back and forth. And, you know, I can't think of a, a time when the imposter syndrome is bigger than when you're going through a divorce, especially mm -hmm. because, you know, if you've been married for any length of time, you really see who you are based on how you've been living your life. I mean, that that's how you see yourself. That's your self image. So mm -hmm. when something happens to crack that facade, when something happens to really pull life as you know it apart, it shakes you down to your very core, down to your foundation. Like, well, if I'm not that, then who in the heck am I? And it's a rebuilding process, but it also feels like such a huge, tremendous loss. And I likened it, um, quite often, probably for the first year that I was going through the divorce and maybe even two years after, like, I felt like I was walking through jello. Everything yeah. felt so surreal. Yeah. Well, that makes perfect sense that you, uh, you got to take some, some real self evaluation, uh, after being married for so long. And like you say, it was like the rug was pulled out from under you, like it is for a lot of women who really believe that their relationship is going to last forever. And um, so I want to continue to inquire about this, uh, about the stages of divorce and, and how you help women. But we need to take a break right now. So everyone, come on back. We'll be talking more with Nancy Muller about the three stages of divorce. 
Are you tired of living the same relationship trauma over and over? Are you walking down the aisle with a man like your father or your narcissistic ex-husband? In the Mastering Your Beliefs one-on-one -on -one coaching program, you can overcome past habits so you can choose to be more empowered in your relationships. Mention this show for a 20% discount when you schedule a Master Your Beliefs call at MasteringYourBeliefs.com. You can have the life you want to live. Remember, that life is all about choices. I believe that every woman is born to live her own personal dreams of a wealthy life. And I call the process of getting the dream out of your mind and into your reality, reinvention. I'm inviting you, the everyday woman, to make a decision to pursue your dreams. That's what I did. I uncovered the dreams that I was born to pursue and learned how to create those dreams with commitment and passion. I'll help you get your money in shape for your dream quest. Join my mailing list at reinventinghermoney.com. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Find out the latest about your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Check out 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant and my guest, Nancy Muller. And we are describe we're talking about divorce, which isn't really a, a happy topic, but it is a um, an experience that so many women go through, and it can be an opportunity for real growth. And so you and I got together and talked about how can we really create an opportunity for women to look at divorce differently, or as a potential growing opportunity for her own personal life journey. So there's three stages that you help women see the divorce process. So First, let's describe what those three stages are. Well, I talk about divorce in three stages. The first stage being thinking about it, the second stage being going through it, and the third stage being putting it behind you. Now, the first stage I think is very important because I believe, and I would, I would be really, really amazed if someone could prove to me that this is not the case, but I believe every woman who is married at some time or another, thinks about divorce. And it's well, not- Well, man probably does too. Because, right. you know, you have those experiences where you go, I just don't know if I can handle this anymore or I can deal with this. So go on. And the thing is, is that it's not that you're necessarily considering divorce. It's that something isn't working in your relationship. And based on what you know, because we don't know what we don't know, you think, oh my gosh, this is this is huge. I guess divorce is the only answer because it usually comes down to an either or thing. Either I fix this or we get divorced. But you, when you don't see a way to so-called fix it, divorce seems to be the only answer. And so thinking about divorce, now this leads to feelings and emotions such as guilt. You know, you, a woman could be thinking, and a man, I'm not excluding, this is both for men and women, um, oh my gosh, I have a really great lifestyle. We have a wonderful house. We have great children, um, you know, on and on. What is wrong with me? There must be something wrong with me that I'm thinking about this. And we beat ourselves up and we judge ourselves. when actually if this is our higher self 
letting us know there's something in your life that's not working that's that's impeding you from loving yourself to the fullest amount. Now let's take a look at that. But we don't really see that. What we see is, you know, we we always give it um, other names like, mm. oh, it, it can't be just my higher self wanting me to love myself more. No, that's impossible. It must be something huge like, you know, whatever name we put to it. So whenever we're thinking about divorce, the, the um, kindest thing that we can do to ourselves is allow ourselves to express our thoughts and our feelings. Why am I thinking about it? What do I think isn't working? Why do I think divorce is the answer? And then if you can have that conversation with your spouse. Now, um, you know, there are all, oh my gosh, so many different scenarios with divorce though, because some people who are married, they don't really have those open lines of communication or one person is a big communicator and the other person is a let's not talk about it person. And that's pretty much the way it was in my marriage where I, I'm open for communication. Let's talk about this. Something's bugging me. But my husband at the time, he, he would just rather not talk about it. So when one person really wants to talk about it and the other person doesn't, Okay, so now you're at an impasse. Now what do you do? And then also maybe one person is evolving spiritually or maybe culturally or mm -hmm. in the workplace and your career is really taking off, but your spouse wants things to stay status quo or the way they were. Mm -hmm. And so you no longer have those things in common. And that could be something that's also causing you to have these questions and these thoughts in your mind. So of course, giving yourself permission, first of all, first and foremost, to be able to ask yourself, what am I thinking? Why am I thinking this? What am I feeling? How does this feel? What do I believe about all of this? And let's see where we are in this because when you can be very empowered in stage one, the beautiful thing is it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to lead to the actual divorce. Right. But so many people aren't taught this. Mm -hmm. um, and then stage two, going through it. Now, of course, however you go through stage one is going to affect stage two and stage three. In fact, I believe that each stage affects the other two. Mm -hmm. So when you're going through it, now, if there's no open lines of communication, and I loved what you were sharing as you opened up the dialogue at the beginning of this show, when you talked about the things that you can be doing and think about the finances and how you can, um, you know, look at what you have invested for the future and where do you want to go for that. But if the lines of communication are very closed from the very beginning, and you can't even get through stage one with open lines of communication, chances are going through the divorce, um, that's going to be compounded. But the most important thing to remember is whatever you do, whatever you're thinking, whatever you're saying, you're putting out that energy that's creating how stage two is going to happen. So if you're in blame mode, if you're in um, victim mode, if you're in um, not really not really wanting to take responsibility for any part of it. And of course, I think that that happens to the strongest of people. And I mean, strong minded, not strong in physical, because, right. because it is it's like a death. Yeah. It's an ending. And when that 
something is ending, when something that huge is ending in your life, you can't think straight all the time. Right. And rationality and reason go right out the window because you're hurting. And when we're hurting, we want other people to hurt. Right. We don't want to just stand there and say, oh, I'm okay. <laughs> this is like a, I don't know, a five alarm fire, you know, for most uh, women in particular. I'm not saying that men aren't emotional beings. They, they are, but women tend to be more outwardly emotional. They tend to have uh, feelings swing very dramatically. Just um, that's just, you know, really part of the wonder of being a woman. But, you know, I feel like uh, having asking for help early, getting professional assistance early, instead of just, I mean, I remember when I was young and I was, you know, unhappy in my early marriage, I was just, you know, talking to my girlfriends. And all that did was turn, turn the alarms up, you know, the right. fire got hotter and hotter, because I really wasn't seeking out anybody that could help me manage the emotional overflow that I was in. And is that what you experience with your clients? Yeah, I think a lot of people tend to first turn to friends and family because they're looking for someone to commiserate with them. Right. And commiseration is not what we're looking for. We're not looking for someone to jump on our bandwagon and, you know, remind us of all the reasons that we're doing the right thing. Because no one can decide what's right for you except you. People will have opinions. Everyone's going to say, you know, oh, well, it was bound to happen or, you know, whatever their opinion is. Um, and what I found very interesting when I was going through my divorce is the number of people who said to me, I really am so surprised that you stayed in that marriage for as long as you did. And I remember stepping back and going, really? But no one has said this to me for 32 years. And, you know, you start to question your sanity almost, you know, like what? And. So then, of course, this new information that comes into you, like, oh, all of these people were thinking of this. And see, we, we have that. We just go down that rabbit hole of what's wrong with me. Why didn't I see this? Because we always go back to there must be something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with you. Mm -hmm. But so that's stage two. And then stage three is putting it behind you. So once the divorce is final and um, I find that it's there are a lot of people that I meet who are still living together, but they're divorced because of finances. Uh. And the thing about that is when you're still living together, but you're divorced, you can't move forward. You can't move on because there's still that, um, that emotional connectiveness. Even if you didn't really care for each other, there's still that habit and that pattern that you've created in the living environment. And I, I, I feel I, I, I'm, you know, everyone has to make their own decision, but I really feel that the most empowered thing you can do once the divorce is final and even going through the divorce is to separate residences because it's very important to start building your life, start moving forward, start creating your new beginning. And chances are you don't even know where to start, but you will never be able to start it if you're trying to start it from old energy, old thoughts, old patterns, old habits, like you've already created when you're living with someone. So um, when you're putting it behind you, you know, a lot of women then um, they start to think, well, 
okay, now I have to think about what do I look like? Do I go to the gym? Do I need to start working out? Dating. For me, I got married when I was 17, two weeks out of high school. And of course, two months later, I turned 18, but still dating. What the heck does that mean? You know, (laughs) I'm like, I don't even have a clue. I mean, I know what dating means, of course, but it's like, what the heck are you even supposed to be doing? But I found that when I started dating, I would meet men who um, had not done any work on themselves, had maybe didn't understand the, the positiveness of doing the inner work, or um, maybe not even know what inner work is, never been introduced to it. So what they were doing was they were trying to find someone to be with because they didn't want to be by themselves. Right. And so basically, whether you're a man or a woman, what you're doing in that situation is you're really wanting to find your ex-spouse and remarry that ex-spouse only in a different person. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a client of mine recently said that she feels like she's living in Groundhog Day, which is that (laughs) movie that Bill Murray was in. You know, Mm -hmm. I know that I'm dating myself, but you know, when you're trapped in that time loop, living the same life over and over, and that's what women, I know I did that. Why do you think I was divorced three times? It's because it took me that long to figure out that until I worked on myself, until I learned to really know and love myself, I was going to attract the same person over and over. Do you find that your clients find that easy to, to, to take in or, or do they resist that idea? Well, I think it depends on where they are on their spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. And um, speaking metaphysically, not religiously on this. So your spiritual journey, it's that awareness of self. You know, where do you see yourself um, as far as what do you want out of life? Who do you believe you are? Who do you believe you are in everything that you do and and, and everything that you put forth? And I believe that if you've been with someone, especially for years and years and years, you tend to have that self-image of who you believe you are based on how you interact with that other person. Right. So now when that other person is no longer there, you you do have the ability or opportunity to start looking at who you are, but there's always like that absence of the other person. So you feel like something's missing. And it's right. very difficult for us to sometimes grasp the, the, um, the point that nothing is missing. Uh-huh. Everything we need, we have, but we're always saying, well, something is missing and we're searching for something. So what we're searching for is actually connection to ourselves. It's actually um, learning to know who we are and express our own uh, self, our unique and beautiful self in the world. That's exactly right. And if you're not taught to go within, if you're not taught to know yourself, to know who you are, and Mm -hmm. I call them the levels of self. Mm. self-esteem, self-confidence, self-love, self-image. And I think there's another one, self, self-worth. Worth. Could you, could you, can you say those again? Sure. These are really important, I think, to uh, point out. So there's the five self, what'd you call yeah. them? The levels of self. Okay. So there's self-image, self-confidence, self-worth, self-love, 
And self-image. Did I say that self-image already? You said that one. Image, confidence, worth, love, and I don't know what the self other Self-esteem. Esteem. Oh, of course. Esteem. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Yes. So when you look at these levels of self and you really, you have to be honest with yourself, like grade yourself on a scale of one to 10, where mm-hmm. am I on my self-image? Now, mm-hmm. as in my case, I'm like, okay, so we go out and, and you go dating. What does that mean? Um, you know, do you feel confident enough to go out and have conversations with someone else? Mm-hmm. And, but you have to pay close attention to, um, to your self-talk. That's mm-hmm. for, first and foremost. So your self-talk is that little voice inside your head that is always constantly chattering in your mind. And your self-talk is important because it's not what someone says to you that matters. It's what you say to yourself when they stop speaking. Right, exactly. And, you know, I want to go on about this, but we need to take another quick little break and give you a chance to drink some water. So uh, hang with us, everybody. When we come back, Nancy and I are going to talk more about um, our self, our self-image, our self-worth, and our relationships, whether they happen to be our love relationships or otherwise. So we'll see you back in just a moment. Are you tired of living the same relationship trauma over and over? Are you walking down the aisle with a man like your father or your narcissistic ex-husband? In the Mastering Your Beliefs one-on-one coaching program, you can overcome past habits so you can choose to be more empowered in your relationships. Mention this show for a 20% discount when you schedule a Master Your Beliefs call at MasteringYourBeliefs.com. You can have the life you want to live. Remember, that life is all about choices. To fulfill the distinctive needs of women, Teresa Lieutenant created an extraordinary pricing model designed to let you decide what's affordable. You can pay as you go for just the service you need right now or receive a reduced price when you bundle services together. Find out how you can get started by visiting reinventinghermoney.com and select Work with Teresa. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Wondering what's on next on Alternative Talk 1150? Check out 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to A Wealthy Life for Her with my guest, Nancy Muller. And Nancy, we both believe, I mean, we have a lot in common. One of the things that we have in common is that uh, one of, uh, we both share Jack Canfield as a teacher and a mentor, but we both believe that relationships actually give us an opportunity to teach us more uh, about who we are as a person and that we can actually learn really valuable lessons that make our life more fulfilling um, in the future. And definitely, you know, as I said in the beginning, my relationship with my husband is as good as it is because of who I know I am now and the lessons that my previous relationships taught me. So tell us your thoughts about, you know, our journey 
through different relationships and the lessons that we can learn? Well, again, this is very um, much involved with your spirituality. So depending on who you believe you are, why you believe you're here, this question is first and foremost, something that needs to be answered because every person who comes into this lifetime, every soul that incarnates into this lifetime comes here with uh, a soul contract, uh, as Carolyn Mays calls it, or a karmic contract. So you come here to experience specific feelings and emotions in order to follow your journey. So we also choose the people that are going to come into our lives to help us with these lessons. And the Buddhists have a saying called noble friends. And noble friends are those people that come into our life to teach us drama, grief, strife, uh, negative emotions. So I love this because when you're going through a divorce, it's sometimes uh, very tempting to call your ex or soon to be ex spouse, um, you know, really negative names. So if you can think of, you know, like, oh, that rat, you know, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> and when you are using negative words towards your spouse or soon to be ex-spouse, um, you are creating negative energy for yourself, for everything involved, for the, for the divorce, for everything. So when you can stop and think about, oh, this is a person that my soul chose as a noble friend, someone who's going to teach me some life lessons that I can either learn from or hold on to and impede my journey forward. And this is why as we're unraveling these pieces of self, these layers and levels of self, um, and you realize that self-love is the most important thing. So if something keeps cropping up for you, that's um, keeping you from loving yourself and when you can really have an honest conversation with yourself, this is how you can start to put the negative experiences, traumas, um, <clears throat> even beliefs behind you. And right. when I talk to my clients, I usually talk about three questions that you can ask yourself that are really important because everything that we do is based on your beliefs. My whole program that I work with clients on, it's called Mastering Your Beliefs because it's so important to master your beliefs. Why do you believe what you believe? And everyone believes what they believe based on what they were taught starting in childhood, whether negative or positive. It doesn't matter whether it's negative or positive, but we've created beliefs and every belief has a feeling and an emotion attached to it. So when you can ask yourself, um, do I believe this true? What feeling or belief can I let go of right now? And the second question, what feeling or belief will I let go of right now? And the third question, what feeling or belief do I need to hold on to for just a little bit longer? Because as I was talking a little bit earlier, the um, sometimes we believe in something so strongly that we absolutely can't even allow ourselves to let go of that belief because that is so fearful to us. That fear of the unknown is so fearful that it's keeping us exactly where we are. And maybe where we are isn't comfortable. Maybe it's even painful, but the thought of doing anything else can be so fearful that that's what we need to hold on to. And the beautiful thing is, however you answer those questions, you are absolutely right because you are where you are for a reason. 
So that's all. Oh, I love those questions. But give us an example of of a belief that we might take through those question process. Sure. So I'll use myself as an example. I like to do this because it takes the emotion off of the other person. So for myself, I was raised in a home where um, my parents divorced when I was a freshman in high school, and that was in the 70s. And of course, if you came from a divorced home in the 70s, that was like, man, you were ostracized. You know, that was horrible, horrible thing. Okay. So first of all, now that starts to create beliefs about who you are as a person and, you know, do you deserve to even be part of anybody or society or family because, oh my gosh, your, your parents got divorced. So that's all of us internalize all of that uh, messaging from the culture or even from our parents or authority figures. Correct. Absolutely. And then, um, my, my father is now on his third marriage. My mother is now on her fourth marriage. And so when I got married, I was very proud of the fact that I am going to do things differently. I am not going to put my children through that. I'm going to be a better parent. I'm going to, you know, have a happy marriage, a happy home and on so on and so forth. So for me, it was a a matter of pride. I'll use it that way to say every anniversary, like I'll made it to 10 years. I made it to 20 years. I made it to 30 years. Like, even though I knew there was a lot wrong, but my belief was so strong that my actual identity of who I am and why I was a, I'm using air quotes for this, Mm -hmm. a a good person was because I was doing whatever it took to hold on to the marriage, whatever that belief is that you have. So if I, if I say to myself, okay, I really believe very strongly in doing whatever it takes to hold on to the marriage. So now if you use those three questions, what feeling or belief can I let go of right now? So if I say, can I let go of that belief that um, divorce is out of the question? Mm. And of course, the answer was no, no, I have to stay divorced. I have to, I have to stay married. I have to work on this. I have to do this because that's what's making me a better person. Ah, you see? Yeah, this is an excellent example. And, you know, I, I know of many people now, I didn't have that same belief, even though my parents divorced when I was in high school, but you know, I just had the belief that I was going to be the, I was going to be the person that decided all things in the relationship. I really didn't give room to my, um, my early husbands. Uh, really, I didn't give them any room to talk to me about anything. I was the one that was hard to get along with. And uh, so, yeah, it's these beliefs. And, and so when you get your clients in front of you, how do you help them see these things? that they really don't know, right? You don't see these things for a long time. No, you don't. And this is why, well, the process that I take them through, it's it's a lengthy process because, um, you know, people that go into this work thinking, oh, good, I'm going to find the person who can do this for me in, in 90 days and, you know, bada bing, I'm going to be done. It doesn't work that way. Right. Um, I, I had a client who came to me because she said, I'm having challenges with my business. And I said, well, you know, you need to understand that I'm not a business coach. No, I understand that. And so for the first, I don't know, three or four sessions, it was all about the business and, but, but not financial things or business things. And so as I was listening to her story, that's what I call it. Everyone has a story, right? About why we do something or why Mm -hmm. our problem is our problem. 
And so as she started talking and opening up more, I realized there were challenges within the marriage. So, but see, we may not be ready to face the fact that there's problems in the marriage. So, and of course, problems in the marriage are going to roll over into our career or our job Mm -hmm. and how we, it affects every relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you can start really talking about what she felt was wrong in the business, and then she realized that the more she talked about it, she was running out of things to say. (laughs) like, okay, they're really okay. So now she started talking about um, the spouse, the spouse, and that's when things started to open up. But it also brought to her a very strong realization that this was something she was not ready to look at. And Mm-hmm. This is why the three questions are so important, because once once she thought it was about the business, that's something like, OK, we can fix that. But when it's something about the marriage, now that's something that it takes two people always. Mm-hmm. And when one person really wants things to go in a different direction and the spouse knows that's never going to happen, my spouse is never going to agree to that. That's just not going to happen. Uh, now we're faced with that choice, right? Okay, so do I stay where I am? Uh, do I keep doing what I've always been doing? What do I do here? And this is where it's so valuable to break down your beliefs. Why do you believe that? But the thing is, is people don't even stop to question their beliefs. Right. Why would you? You believe what you believe because that's just always the way you've lived your life. Mm-hmm. So it takes someone to help you look at one thing and then how does that affect another and how it's a, it's like a chain. They're all linked together. And this is how we start bringing it back. So I want to get, I want to make sure I ask two more questions before we uh, have to stop. So what is the first step for a woman to heal after divorce? Well, I think everyone is different, but I think, I think that the, Probably the most loving question you can ask yourself is, what do I want going forward? Mm -hmm. And I would say that nine and a half out of 10 people cannot answer that question. Mm -hmm. Because the reason that you can't answer that is because everything you thought you wanted is based on the way your life has been for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. Yes. So to be able to really um, open up and be honest with yourself about what you really want and you know, it could be anything. It could be like, oh my gosh, I would like someone in my case, (laughs) one of the things this was, this is something else that I share with clients is to make a, I want list because nobody ever stops to think about what they want. All they think about is what they don't want. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm so sick and tired of my husband leaving his shoes in the, in the, in the, in the foyer. Oh, I'm so sick and tired of my husband never taking the trash out. So, so then you get divorced and you think, all right, well, I don't want a man who won't take out the trash. I don't want a man who yada, yada, yada. So you go through this don't want list. And that's exactly what you attract into your life. Right. So it's that really- is very critical to know is that what you were talking about earlier is that what we believe we attract into our life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that what you and I believe is that you have to be, you have to gain enough self-image and self-confidence and self-love that you can take responsibility for your own life and creating what you want instead of just avoiding or thinking you're avoiding what you don't want. 
So right. what would you say to a woman who believes that she won't be happy unless she's in a relationship? Well, as long as we're looking to, to another person to bring us happiness, then we are not um, allowing ourselves the, the joy and the power of finding that happiness within ourselves. Because mm -hmm. whenever you're looking for another person or experience to bring you happiness, you're always going to be disappointed. And then mm -hmm. when you're disappointed, be because that's just nature. So things happen, life happens. Um, other people get in bad moods or, um, you know, I, I hear this all the time. It's like, well, if he or she really loved me, they would know what I'm thinking or they would know what I want. I'm like, mm -hmm. no. Mm -hmm. There's nowhere in the marriage vows that says you will now be able to read your spouse's mind. It, mm -hmm. it doesn't work that way. Right. So this is why knowing yourself is so very important. And if you're not loving yourself enough to really understand what it is that you want and then that you deserve what you want, that's where you're going to come up against a, a block wall every time. And I know that you believe that one of the best skills that a woman can develop is learning how to let go. So tell us how a woman, you know, has learns how to let go of that previous marriage, that previous life, and then begins the uh, process of knowing, learning what she wants and creating a new life. Well, because the life that you built and let's just use this, like, um, we'll use a very simple example. Like maybe you have a, uh, your favorite China and it's what you use for special occasions. So now you get divorced and like, Whoa, I want the China. I've got to have the China. And um, so that right there is like, okay, how can you let go of that? Because that China has feelings and emotions attached to it. And right. that's rooting you to something in the past. Right. And if you, and if you stay rooted to the past, then you can't grow and evolve and love yourself more and more. Absolutely. Well, I know for my in my own personal journey that um, I have developed skills for letting go, but it is a, a lifelong process. You know, there's always another level of letting go. There's and and learning how to uh, to acknowledge that suffering is really based on you know seeing seeing life as you know like okay, it should be different. There's that always that well, this shouldn't be the way it is. It should be different, and that that's how I. Uh, keep myself from suffering is notice when I'm comparing what is to what I think it should be. And then learning to let that go. Yeah. Stop shooting all over yourself. <laughs> so tell us how um, our listeners can get in touch with you if they want to explore working with you. Well, if you'd like to explore working with me and create amazing, awesome, loving relationships, I invite you to visit me at masteringyourbeliefs.com. Book a call Perfect. with me and just find out, find out for yourself how empowering it can be mm -hmm. to really master your beliefs. Awesome. I love it. Well, Nancy, thank you so much for sharing all this. I mean, I really love the valuable information that you uh, brought to us. And I know I'm going to go back and listen to this and share it with other people. I hope our listeners will share it too. Thank you. So next week, we're going to be taking today's conversation and leaping forward into dating and relationships in the 21st century. My guest will be Sonia Andriva. She's a professional matchmaker and founder of Quantum.Dating. And this is a dating platform online for conscious singles where matchmaking, dating, and relationship coaching meet 
psychology, spirituality, esoterics, and quantum physics. <laughs> Amazing. Sounds pretty, sounds pretty fascinating. Yes, yes. So thank you for listening, everyone, and being part of our Wealthy Life for Her mission. I know there's many shows and podcasts you have to choose from, and I'm grateful that you choose ours. So if you enjoyed yourself, please share the show with your friends and family. You can subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And thank you to Alexis Lieutenant Gregory, who composed our theme music, Eric, our producer, the support staff at Financial Advocates, and everyone at KKNW 1150 AM, my gratitude. You can all connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube under Teresa, T-R-E-S-A, Lieutenant. And sign up for our free financial fitness quiz at reinventinghermoney.com. Remember, everyone, financial independence is your birthright. You have the right to education and empowerment. And the right, and with the right financial advice, you can overcome your financial challenges and create a wealthy life on your terms. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week. Reinventing Her Money was born in 2003 with the vision of expanding services beyond traditional wealth management to include financial literacy, money mindset, and empowerment coaching for professional women who have unique challenges to becoming financially independent. Start your journey towards pursuing a financial life on your own terms at reinventinghermoney.com. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA, SIP. Teresa is founder of Reinventing Her Money and author of Reinventing Her, helping women plan, pursue, and capitalize on their next chapter. Available on Amazon. She is a certified financial planner and wealth advisor for professional women who aspire to a wealthy and financially independent life. Learn more at reinventinghermoney.com.